there is a new hope song on the horizon because South Africa needs some hope. So young people, obviously, the ones with another way of looking at life, would be the ones that would bring that to the world, which is the reason why we're speaking to Yanis, Stefan, and Bernard, and Ania, or then in Erich, just to make sure the young people are in line. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's like a chorus of hellos. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Gotta love it this morning. Okay, so what I'm going to do is we're going to assume that no one knows you at all. Even if you're famous like Dania, then we're just still going to assume that nobody has any idea whatsoever. And we're going to start with Yanis because he seems to be the most quiet one when I ask questions. Yanis, introduce yourself. Uh, I am Yanis Kalber. I am... Studying music um, technology at uh, MND, and uh, I'm also 19 years old. Yanis, what is uh, what is music technology? Yeah. What what is it? Uh, like music technology, it includes um, studio work and music production, uh, gaming audio, and all those uh, fun little mic and recording stuff. So yeah. So do you want to be involved in the technical side of all of it or do you want to record and be a producer and all of that as well? Um, this is actually a plan B. I really want to be a performer actually. But um, this is a good gateway for me in the music industry if I, if I really want to go big. Well, that's, that is true. A lot of the artists are involved in all different sides of the music industry. So, because you need to be a jack of all trades these days to make it. Okay, Stefan, let's introduce you. Um, my name is Stefan Kalber. I'm Janus's brother. Uh, I'm 16 years old and I'm also really interested in music production and music technology. I basically want to do that when I grow up. Um, I want to do uh, recordings and the production, the making of music. And maybe if I can, I want to also be a performer. Okay, but does that mean you're still at school? Yes, I'm still at school. Homeschooling? I'm homeschooling, yes. Ah, oh, we'll get to that one just now. Bernard Postimus, tell us who you are. Awesome. So so my name is Bernard Postimus. I'm 17 years old. And uh, ever since, uh, yeah, growing up as a kid, I've always been interested in music. And um, I'm part of a family, in-family ministry. So we tour the country, tell people about the goodness of Jesus, go to schools, churches, camps, everything, you name it, we're there. And uh, yeah, growing up, I've just had a heart for people and being on stage. And um, also recently, I started doing music. Well, not not that recently, um, but uh, yeah, I've been playing guitar ever since I can remember um, I started a few years ago with music production. Me, Stefan, and Johannes are like three best friends. We like the Jonas Brothers. We love making music <laughs> together, jamming together. And we three are also part of the youth band at Fusion Ferry Glen. So we've known each other for a long time now, and it's been such an honor working with them on this project and knowing them as well. Okay. And Dania, where do you fit into the whole picture? Okay. So my name is Dania de Villiers. And I'm an actress. I'm 18 years old, so I'm currently busy with my matric. And I love people, love life, and I love music as well. And I'm super excited to share the Hope song with everyone and honored to be a part of it. Yeah, but you live in the Cape and they're up in Gauteng. So where's the connection? So I've known uh, Bernard 
for quite a long time now. Uh, my parents and his parents, they studied together, actually. So, um, yeah, they're family friends. And then, yeah, we've stayed connected throughout the years. And, um, yeah, but I was, I was filming in Joburg. Uh, I think it was, like, last month. And then they contacted me and asked me if I would be keen to join for the Hope Song. And then, yeah. <laughs> Cheap labor. Very nice. <laughs> 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 and then Erich, who's the adult, the official adult among everyone at this moment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, people would assume that everyone knows you, but let's not. Introduce yourself as well. Okay. Uh, my name is Eric Posthumus. Uh, we have a ministry called the Good News Factory, and we tour the country with um, your ministry. It, up to now, it was mostly for families and primary school teachers but the, uh, and primary schools and, and churches. But the awesome blessing is my kids are teenagers now. So we're growing with the young people into this next level. I still have a memory of young people when we did the big <laughs> gospel youth bashes and events. And it is so exciting to see this new generation arising uh, with messages of hope for young people. So peer-to-peer -peer ministries. Um, I just want to be the facilitator to see the talent, to scout the talent, and to get products and productions out there for this generation by the young people. So I'm almost like the band manager and the facilitator and the promoter, everything packed into a dad. Yeah, dad would be Bernard's father in this case. But I must say, I am yeah. curious about this whole homeschooling thing. Because if Stefan and Bernard, Dania, do you also homeschool? Yes. Okay. School, yeah. Okay. Okay. So with all of these homeschoolers around me, I'm always curious because I know from the parents' side why parents decide to do this with the, with the kids, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, Stefan, tell me the, the whole homeschooling experience. What did you enjoy about it and what not? So I only started homeschooling this year. I was in office yeah. for two years. So grade eight and grade nine. And um, I started this year with homeschooling. And um, one of the reasons is because um, I didn't really like the, the teachers and stuff. And I wanted to see what I actually, what subjects I really like without the experience of I, I don't like this subject because the teacher isn't nice to me. Ah, okay. So are you a self-motivated kind of person that this would work for you? Is it a, is a, a specific kind of young person that flourishes in homeschooling? Or are you hoping to find out whether this is going to work for you? Um, yes, I, I definitely think there is only a specific type of person that would flourish with homeschooling. Um, uh, I myself am, am kind of introverted. So I don't really need that much like socializing and stuff, although I do socialize a lot. Mm. Um, uh, but uh, I think an uh, extrovert person wouldn't necessarily um, be, be happy with homeschooling. Uh, with the exception of Bernard. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was going to ask, Bernard, because you are exceptionally extrovert. So, <laughs> and you've been homeschooling forever, but obviously you do get a yeah. lot of interaction with young people with the ministry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
I think, yo, with a lot of my friends, this is a, a topic that I'm very passionate about <laughs> because I love homeschooling. There are so many people that look down on homeschooling and yeah, it just makes me so passionate, you know, like it's, it's not that we don't school. Um, in fact, I've done some, I've done some research on this. Um, schools were first invented in, I think it was the 18, 1800s or so when the, um, uh, when the industrial revolution first began and the first big companies and everything opened up and what happened, all the adults were going to work and they had nothing to do with the kids. They were singing at home. They didn't know what to do. And the whole society was like, Hey, let's make a babysitter for them. And then bam, schools were invented. So, um, the whole school system is about, I think only 300 to 400 years old. And I mean, Jesus homeschooled. Like if, if that's not the selling point, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get Erich in here. Uh, because as the parent now, obviously your wife, I think, must have done most of the responsibility when it comes to homeschooling. It's hard work for a parent to homeschool a child, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, But there's also a lot of freedom in it to have children discover their talents, discover um, the calling that's on their lives and to have freedom to practice that. Yes, there is still uh, the hard study of the different subject. There's still the facts that they have to memorize, but um, it runs on a very much more free system, almost like free range chickens. <laughs> and uh, these kids just discover what their calling is they, and they have actually time to, to live out those dreams and passions of them. So I'm very excited about it. Not that I am against schools at all. We work in schools a lot and I've got great, great respect for them. But for our family, uh, this works great. Mm. Dania, it obviously helped you with your career because you have to be free enough to be, to go around any place, anytime, wherever an opportunity arises. But it does take a lot of self-discipline from you, doesn't it? To keep up and to, to not lag behind because you're just so busy. Definitely, yeah. But I think homeschooling is the only thing that can work for me at the moment because of my schedule. Um, but yeah, no, it gives me a lot of freedom, but you definitely have to have a lot of self-discipline. Um, but I have tutors that help me um, to keep myself in check. Oh, you see someone else to just kick the butt if, if you don't feel like it today. Yes, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Janis, then you were the one that's, that was in school, that actually had the school experience, and now, obviously, um, with, the, with the horizons broadening, with you getting into studying what you're studying, the, the music technology at the moment, if you had to gauge... Um, with the last two years already, when we've been going through corona and and everybody's lives were just turned upside down, what's the morale like young people-wise? Because this whole point of this song is to bring hope to the world. Um, so where are they at, if you had to gauge it? I think it's really tough because the whole school experience includes the um, the extra activities after school, the, the big rugby games, the big hockey games. Uh, athletics and all those stuff, and it really, it's it, it really sucks actually because the whole school experience is basically, you know, um, having well with with the school that I was in, it's tradition after tradition, and um, it's really it's really hard to know, all of a sudden everything was just taken away, especially for me because it was a hundred year um, 
um, yeah, our school was 100 years old. Centenary. In 2020. Mm. And we had all this stuff planned out. It was like all, it was going to be written in the books, like the biggest year yet. And it, it started off as like a, a little vacation that came early, but uh, it started, it quickly started, um, you know, um, transforming into this burden that we have to have on our shoulders because we had everything planned out. Mm. And um, yeah, I just I just think this song will help you for you know the, because with these um, type of stuff happening in the world, it's it's hard to lose focus on what's really important because you, like I said, you plan everything out, and if it doesn't work out, then you then you have like you're like depressed and you're like, why did this happen? And uh, I think just this song is just a reminder, you know, to keep your head up and. Uh, just keep going because the Lord has a plan. Yeah. Um, Stefan, you guys, all three of you are in the same church and in the same church band as well. And youth was affected just as much as just general church because of the pandemic all over the world. So, and, and you'd expect now we're most Christian young people. We're supposed to be better off than everyone else around us. What did you see happening in church with the young people? Um, I think, uh, with, with our church, um, we we actually had a, a great plan going with we we had Zoom uh, church. We did with the band. We did recordings um, at church, like videos and stuff. And then we switched to YouTube. Um, but I think uh, a lot of people, a lot of youth, uh, <laughs> a lot of young young people were affected because they didn't have that accountability and that society we always had where we could actually go and see each other in person Mm. yeah and then half of point of the church is community is doing life together ministering together crying together laughing together you know all of all of that makes sense it's just not the same on zoom and bernard especially you uh, when when you can't hug someone and for it's it's that way for a long time. It's got to affect you inside, doesn't it? Yeah, I I think that was the closest in my life I've ever been to to depression. It was so it was so sad not being able to see my friends and to hug them and just just care with them, you know, just vibing together. And I think that's also one of the problems is our generation is the most connected because we're everywhere. We're on social media. We're connected. Um, there, there's so many platforms where we, we just know what's going, going on. We know the drift, you know. But at the same time, we're so connected, but we are so disconnected at the same time because of those platforms, because they become the substitute for seeing each other in person. And with Corona, it became our number one excuse to be on those platforms, to be on Instagram, to be on WhatsApp, to be on calls. And I mean, for the time being, it was okay because it was the only way of communicating. But at the same time, it disconnected us so much because now there are so many people that would rather be on a video call than in person because they got so comfortable with being at home and being away from people and just giving it all to the phone. Yeah, but Dania, to me, it feels like it exposed how empty this is. You know, that, that somehow because we had enough real connection with people up until then, it sort of was okay to be on your phone the whole time and to connect in that way as well. But when the real actual connection was totally removed and that was all that was left, you suddenly realize it's not 
good enough, is it? A friend of mine is in teen counseling and she says she's never been so busy in her whole life and that it's, it's where it's been bad in the past. It's like everything is more intense and they're more depressed and that's, you know, it's, they were intense in the past, but it's as if the emptiness that's been revealed that you thought everything was good enough, it just wasn't, isn't it? Yes, yeah, I think we're all made for connection and I think we've realized how important it is, especially during COVID. Um, I just thought about uh, the lyrics in the song um, that Bernard wrote, which said, this is our time, this is our chance. And I just thought now, like, these past two years, it's been so hectic with COVID, you know, and I feel like everyone's somehow have been affected by it. Um, But I believe, you know, out of every really bad situation, something good can come out of it and I mean that's what the song is about let hope arise and I believe whether it's bringing hope through a song or in whichever way um, I feel like it's something like that that can bring us together and keep us connected as well um, by spreading hope. Okay so Bernard was this a day did someone dare you to write a song or just encourage you? Sure. So this project started a while ago. Um, a friend of my dad's, who's also in ministry, um, sent him a voice note. And he said to my dad, he feels there's this song that we have to write for the youth of today just to have hope again. Um, because of, you know, COVID and everything happening. Um, and also it was just in the time that the looting started. And he said, South Africans are starting to lose hope. And let's write a song to, to, to just to um, reignite that spark again of hope for South African people, especially for the youth. And so my dad, dad said to me, hey, there's this project. Do you want to tag along? Do you want to help us out? I said, sure, let's do it. But on, 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 on one condition, I can bring in Stefan and Jan. That's, that's my <laughs> one condition. And so I brought in the two Calber brothers. And um, from there on, we got Yaku Smith, who is, I think, at... Um, is it, is it Kerksoner Mira? Yes, yes Kerksoner Mira. Yeah. And then also we brought in Stas from the band Unbeskamt. And so between me and Stefan and Yaku, we made the first demo track of the music. As soon as we had the first demo, we went to Janus because he's an amazing lyricist. And so Janus wrote all the lyrics for the song um, and had a job. It's just like, your man, hats off. Well done for that. Giannis actually wrote this song in 15 minutes. <laughs> we were on so many Zoom calls and we said, Giannis, come on now, my brother. The song needs to come and land. We need it. We need it. We need it. And about 15 minutes before the Zoom, he actually sat down and said, okay, now there's pressure. I've got to write this. And he wrote it and his girlfriend just quickly spell checked. And uh, what a wonderful song. It was so awesome. Okay, so let me understand this correctly. So, Bernard, you are the the one with a melody and with a funky tune and everything like that. You pitch up and you say, Yanis, I need some lyrics. Yanis, so where do you get the lyrics from? Is it just a general idea and this is what came out? Or or, or what was the inspiration? Yeah, um, it's actually really funny because I was really busy with my studies and everything. So, I didn't... (laughs) quite get any time for you know the song and everything but I really wanted to write the song and um, I think they they went they came for a braai um, and uh, 15 minutes before I was like no I don't have a choice I have to do it now and so I, I worked out the melody and everything with the lyrics but it was just uh, it was literally just coming from the heart 
it's it's with most of my songs it's is basically just basically just speaking from my own heart and through the song i was just viewing the world and what's happening in south africa like through um a human perspective and then changing it to what god wants for us yeah and does he want hope for us obviously it does so um yeah it was it was crazy that it just like flew like right out, right out of my mouth it's not like most of my songs because if i like write like a um, comedy i really have to think because i have to be a punchline and you know all of that stuff but with this song it was just like really flowing out of me like like i was really like writing like like using me to write the song yeah what did you mean with it is our time what was the point with that the point of that was um you know it feels like um, like in my 19 years of being in South Africa, there's always something that happens and then there's people complaining, losing hope, leaving the country because of certain reasons that happened in South Africa. And I feel like this is, this is our time to show South Africa that we are stronger together than we are apart. And obviously with, with God, with Jesus on our side, we are even, even stronger because God has really helped this country because we were we were um, thrown in the in the deep waters multiple times, and uh, I really think that this is our time with this song to really speak to the people about how important it is to run this country with him by our side. Mm. Okay, you've got the platform. Everyone's listening. You've got a song that's got a message, but you yourself has got a message as well. So I want to ask, Danny, I'm going to start with you. Speak to South Africa in one minute. What is on your heart that you can, and I'm not saying speak to older people, speak to young people in South Africa. What is on your heart that you think will help them? I think we all should just realize and have a deeper appreciation for each other and start seeing the gold in each other. And um, through that, I think we're going to form a deeper connection and automatically become stronger because of the love that's being formed between us when we start realizing really the amazingness that one person can have. And, um, yeah. Mm. So, well, if God uh, made them, they have to be amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bernard. Sure. Um, I think one message apart from always having hope and always staying hopeful, um, when we minister at schools, um, I always have a tiny slot um, in the teaching uh, where I do a demonstration with a hundred rand. And in the demonstration um, on stage, it's, it's part comedy, part of motivational teaching for the kids that we do. But uh, in the demonstration, I take the hundred rand and I tease it and I frumble it up and I, um, I do all these nasty things to the hundred rand. And then at the end, I always ask the kids, do you still want the hundred rand? And everybody puts up their hand. And I tell them, well, one of two reasons you still want the hundred rand. Number one is, sure, you want to buy something, you know, you want to go and get something with this hundred rand. But the actual reason that you still want it is because this hundred rand didn't lose its value. It didn't become less valuable the moment I teased it or called it bad names. And I think one thing I just want um, the youth of today is just to believe in themselves, to not give up on themselves, to have hope. And trust in God and always have faith in Him to, to not give up. Mm, stunning. Stefan? I recently discovered the, the power of trust and positivity. So um, I noticed how when I trust God fully, I have absolutely no anxiety at all. 
and I think that is that is something that our our generation should should really see, like the the power of trust in God. It just it's amazing. Uh, it's like I used to struggle with a heavy anxiety, and now I trust God, and I have absolutely no anxiety, and it just feels amazing. Wow, that's incredible. Last word, Yanis. Yeah. For me, it's it's all about unity, actually. For you know, for having hope in this country and standing together. There's this saying that always sticks to me. I, I heard it in grade six. It's this man. He's crying out to to Jesus, "Why are you sending me through these deep waters?" And then God replies, "Because your enemies can't swim. Just because it's going, it's it's not going well, or everything is falling apart, doesn't mean." That Jesus doesn't care about you. He's, he's actually protecting you at the same time. And I feel that's what's happening um, in South Africa with especially the youth that's going through these troubled times where, they, where they're too scared to talk about their depression, their anxiety. Um, it's really a, a problem that it's like nobody cares, but there is someone that always cares, and that's Jesus. Okay, Erich, people want to get hold of the song. Where do they go to? Yeah, well, we're working on an awesome um, music video that would be available on YouTube from the 7th of September. So on YouTube, they can go and look out for Goeie Nies Fabriek. It's the Afrikaans words for Good News Factory. We've got a whole YouTube channel with this song and with poetry around it as well. Then on Facebook, there is a Hope Song SA. Not just Hope Song, Hope Song SA, like South Africa. And on that, people will also see the dance tutorial. We've got the whole South Africa dancing together, almost like Jerusalem. The moves are worked out. Uh, firemen, uh, ballerinas, old ladies doing line <laughs> dancing, young kids at school. Everybody's dancing this thing. So we want people to join the dance. Go check it out on Facebook, hashtag Hope Song SA. Uh, even have a look on YouTube. You'll find it and join the dance, please. And also on 1 September, the song drops on all major streaming platform services like Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music. So 1 September, the song will be out and 7th, the music video will be out. Exciting. Okay, so Janus, Stefan, Bernard, Dania, congratulations. This is a stunning hope song. Young people speaking to the world saying, keep hope, don't lose hope. And it sounds like this.